you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From the cosmic legends of the universe, Dave Damaschek. The mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Hi, hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave. Dave Damaschek here. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Dave Damaschek football program. We made it to double digits. I can't believe it. I'm over the moon about it. What I'm not over the moon about is this story that is in the men's journal. This week, written by Paul Solitaroff about James Harrison, it uh, it has a chance of actually I, I don't want to get into hyperbole, but it really might uh, further disrupt the already fragile state of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. Necktie Milner has booked us. Paul Solitaroff, we're going to catch up with him, the man who wrote the article in uh, in just a moment here. But first, we're back from a summertime vacation and uh, let me say hello to, as you can plainly see, well, not you, the, the listener, but uh, the man sitting next to me can plainly see, I am bronzy. The Bronze Age has dawned. Look how glorious I look. A man who spent his Fourth of July holiday competing and uh, coming in second place, I believe, in the uh, hot dog eating contest with uh, 57 and a half. Is that what you did there? Adam Rank from NFL.com. What's the poop, fella? Hey, Dave. Thank you for having me. Sure, it was sure. uh, 54 and a half. Good for you. A little indigestion, but I was drunk at the time, so if I would have, you know, if I would have played it straight, I think I could have done better. Perfect, perfect, and, uh, but you enjoyed it overall? Oh, it was a lovely holiday. It's a sluggish. Because I, you know why? Because I spent it in America. <laughs> Unlike, that's a, that's a pot shot. <laughs> right out of the gate at, uh, at producer, Necktie Milner. Milner, you were abroad. You were continental necktie, wear, uh, off uh, wearing a... Uh, a beret and smoking cigarettes in France on uh, on on the celebration of our nation's uh, ha- uh, birthday. Well, thank you really? for that lovely welcome, Dave. But no, I was in I was in London over Fourth of July. Even better. Maybe well, I was. You know, how do you know I wasn't? Them, it's fine. You're like, hey, look at us. Yeah, we're how do you, free. How do you know I wasn't waving the American flag? Because I know faces. you. I know you. Are you are you American? I am. 
I thought you were you're not you weren't born in Canada. No. Oh. <laughs> necktie. Yes. That was weird, but yeah. Yes. Necktie has uh, necktie says he has a uh, a big announcement he'd like to make. I don't so. have a a big announcement. Okay. But. Go ahead, make your announcement. We listen. We got Solitar off. Many things to talk about. It's a dreary time for sports. A sluggish time for the, sports. I thought the we guest have, was the big announcement. It is, but we have baseball. <laughs> you know, we, outside of the completely meaningless uh, Major League Baseball All Star game. Well, the Angels are going to be on the road for the World Series. Settle down, Mr. Halo. But let me say this to you. Mm -hmm. People always are, are trying to figure out why isn't the All Star game relevant anymore? Isn't it pretty obvious? First of all, interleague play. Yeah. Has negated the excitement of seeing your guys play, play, go up against guys you never see. It's also part of the charm of the World Series that has disappeared because of interleague play. But really, isn't it more important? Isn't the thing that really is lost is, or the, the, the charm of it that has been lost is that ESPN and cable and satellite, we've seen all these teams. It was really cool in 1980 to say, wow, look at that. There's a Seattle Mariner. That's what their uniform looks like in person. I'm watching it out on the field, running next to a Minnesota Twin and so on. If you're in a National League city and that's the only exposure you get are the teams rolling through town. No, we know what every team looks like. There's no, no excitement. No, we, there. you know, you, we know what the Red Sox look like. We know what the Yankees look like. We know what uh, TBS runs the Phillies all the time. We know what those teams look like. I got a tweet from our friend Dan. I know, Thunder. but we've seen we've we, look, look, we've seen it. everybody. We've seen all the teams now. But when you but like I say, twenty or thirty years ago, you really didn't. You never saw an American League team. You saw uh, black I, and white images in the newspaper of them, pretty much, or, or baseball cards. That was about. I it. I got you. Yeah, because it was weird to see like the Reds. Like I would never see the Reds or any of those other, like or the Pirates until later in the 70s. But, yeah, you would never see the National League teams. I like you, your uh, apathetic sort of confirmation of what I'm saying. I, I, I don't need your affirmation, especially when it's... Uh... No, but I think even now, though, because we got a, I got a tweet. Somebody didn't know that Howie Kendrick looked like 50 Cent. <laughs> you know, people well, don't me, know. They don't. There's a let lot me tell of, you this, though. I've said it before. I'm saying it again now. Yes, the Major League All-Star game is lame. But at least it's better than the pro football, uh, uh, the, 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 pro uh, the Pro Bowl every year. I know that uh, Necktie likes to use it as a chance to go out to Hawaii every yeah. year as a holiday. But, uh, well, because he doesn't think it's America. Yeah, he's not clear on that. That's why he likes <laughs> it's it. not? Yeah. <laughs> well, that trips so out for thing. Necktie now. And I did, but I did do a pick six this week trying to spice up the uh, Hall of Fame week. Because say what you will about the – the uh, home run hitting contest. I still think that's a good event. I still I watched and, it for three hours on Monday night. Ugh. But the NFL, no, I know there were you. some that we could have, you know, some ways we could uh, spice up. All the, right, we'll uh, talk about that in a minute. But like I say, we've got uh, the men's journal writer Paul Solitarov coming up in just a second here. James Harrison, there's uh, unless you've been under a rock, you know his comments uh, from earlier in the week, or at least uh, that ran in this in this article. He. He used the F word, you know, a slur, the homophobic slur, that it seems like you really have to be loco. You think in the 21st century, every all you hear about is these guys are media savvy. They know what's going They know that uh, their words are going to go out anywhere. How is it that in the last three months from Kobe Bryant, who else used the same slur? Kobe Deshaun Bryant. Jackson? Uh, Deshaun well, Jackson, one, right, and, 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 and now James Harrison. Really, yeah. don't you know? Don't you have? Don't these people have handlers to tell them? Be, mind your p's and q's. But you know, obviously, attacking 
the man who is essentially your employer in, in uh, Roger Goodell, saying that you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't urinate on him if he were on fire. That just that seems ill advised. That seems like uh, cutting your nose to spite your face. Fine to complain about the fines and you've been targeted. This seems to go too far. Um, and then, to, you know, within his own locker room now, I, I don't care how many guys agree with him, and I am certain um, from talking to a couple other players on the Steelers, they do resent Ben Roethlisberger. They don't like the, 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 the Brett Favre, I hate the term gunslinger, but they don't like that he sometimes puts them in bad situations and then gets all the credit because he does make hay in the final two minutes of the first and second half. Um, but all these things are just seem uh, self-defeating ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. Seems like he's, it seems like things aren't going to wind up. <laughs> well, yeah, it just does, yeah. I, I, but is it personal, too, with Ben Roethlisberger? I know you're talking about, like, some of the game situations, but he's not a terrible quarterback. I mean, It's his wedding weekend, after all. Now he has to deal with this on, on the, the weekend of his nuptials? <laughs> I feel bad for him. And, by the way, I really have to take – I'm not going to turn my back on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, I, I make no uh, – secret of the fact that that's my team that's what we do if you're a new listener to the podcast we like to we like to wear it on our sleeve what teams we root for and I'm a Steeler fan but really after the last couple of years I have to evaluate whether or not this is a team I can stand by Heinz Ward with his trouble he gets a DUI now and the the shady eight I mean that's not is that his worse fault. Than what is it with the stars what is it do you feel like a Bengals fan? Mm, I mean, it's, fan? Like, it's, it's almost as bad. It's like, it's like 62% as bad as the Dancing <laughs> with the Stars business. No, but the agent, it's not his responsibility what the agent says. But the, why would the agent even bother to say, <laughs> well, I th- I, I'm confident that the, when the facts come out that it will prove that he Is wasn't. He? Was he and the then car? the cops just come out with, <laughs> with detail after the detail that just debunked that. That is crazy. Obviously, Roethlisberger himself with his issues. Richard Mendenhall with, with his tweets earlier in the year. Uh, questioning whether or not 9-11 but when they, but when could happen. Steel, but if the Steelers go to the Super Bowl this year, you'll be there with a terrible towel, right? Yeah. As long as they win. And Santonio yeah, gets kicked. Can, but the, guy, as but long as the one win. guy who has to be outraged is Santonio Holmes because with Roethlisberger, <laughs> Ward, James Harrison, Santonio gets kicked to the curb for burning tree. You know, and uh, you know now he's with the Jets or wherever he'll wind up in 2011. Like, but he must be the least, why, why the least we, offensive thing you could why do. Why do I have to? Why am I? Why am I out? No, those guys get to stay. He's the guy who's got to be really. He's uh, not hurting anybody. He's not doing anything. He's just enjoying something maybe illegal. Uh, yeah, and, in and some that's states. the next question. Do I need to find a new team? Let's talk about that rank. But first, he's on the line. Necktie. We got him. What? We right. got him. I thought it was a joke. Necktie, no, I got him. Necktie scored a, a guest for us, a man, a topical guest, uh, you know, the yes. hottest wow. issue going in the NFL right now. He just didn't walk down the hall and grab somebody like before? Hey, that's two. <laughs> that's two. All right, let's but get he's it on. the line. Let's get it let's on. Let's get to him. All right, here he is, everybody, the man who may ultimately be blamed for taking down <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers organization or, <laughs> or further tarnishing they're already sullied uh, reputation over the last couple of years. From Men's Journal, the man who wrote the uh, wrote the article that's getting all the attention, Paul Solitarif. How are you, man? I'm good, and thank you for catching on that this was, in fact, um, a plot on my part. Um, <laughs> as a long-suffering and self-hating New York Giants fan, uh, this was a really twisty way to get the Steelers to finally cut bait on James Harrison um, and deal him to my New York Giants, who <laughs> barely managed to sack a, a bag of groceries last year. <laughs> You're a genius, Paul. Well done. 
Well, that was, you know, I'll tell you, that is something that we like to talk about here on this show is uh, what your football allegiance is. We believe that journalism, you know, when it comes to talking about football, we, you should wear it on your sleeve. You shouldn't have to hide what team you root for. So, all right, I didn't know if we might hear Ravens or Bengals or Browns. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> on the banks of the three rivers if people are accusing you of of uh, something like that. But you're in the other conference entirely. So, all right, so yeah. you're off the hook in that regard. But talk to us about uh, – about James Harrison, your your first impressions going in, did you anticipate a guy with uh, that? He, I mean, obviously, he's proven to be a bit of a loose cannon over the last couple of years. Did you anticipate that you that, that you might be walking into a gold mine like you have? It seems. No, I didn't. Um, here's what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to write a piece, basically subtitled uh, "The Case for James Henry Harrison Against the NFL," because I was furious at the way Goodell did him last year. I thought it was absolute horse. You know what? Um, to change the rules of the game in mid-course, um, to ask a guy who's been trained and applauded for plan like a runaway locomotive all his life, to suddenly comport himself like Thomas the Tank. Um, I thought that was garbage. I thought that, furthermore, um, Goodell making him the billboard villain um, for above-the-neck violence in the NFL um, was prejudicial, say the least, and maybe just kind of sort of outright racist. Well, do you, so then do you then, I assume, Based on what you just said, do you assume then that Harrison has every right to say those things? Obviously, uh, not not from a uh, from a, a U.S. constitutional standpoint, but as the employee of uh, an employee of uh, Commissioner Goodell, do you think uh, if you were Commissioner Goodell, would you be suspending James Harrison for comments like this? I think I'd be very careful if I'm Roger Goodell right now. James is speaking for thousands when he um, issues those remarks. Let's say a couple of things. First of all, I got to James in May of this year. So let's count backwards. He'd had about eight months to seethe and stew about having been made the poster boy of uh, the NFL concussion syndrome. And by the way, you're talking the guy who broke the NFL concussion pandemic five, six years ago in a very long story arraigning the NFL called Casualties of the NFL, in which I talked to dozens of guys in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who couldn't remember why they'd walked into a room, um, who couldn't remember how to change the oil in the car on their car, something they've been doing for 35 years. Um, you know, James Harrison didn't invent helmet-on-helmet hits. Um, he didn't perfect them. He's about 50 years behind the curve there. You know, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the hit that Chuck Bednarik laid on Frank Gifford in the 1960 championship game. Um, but, you know, if we're really going to start talking seriously about, you know, uh, damage uh, incurred from uh, the brutal way in which the sport is played, then we're, we're going to kind of have to dig up, you know, guys like Jack Tatum and Finham. We're going to have to go after, you know, the Bednarics, the, um, the Nitschkes and so on, because uh, those guys earned their place in the Hall of Fame by hitting through and, um, and knocking guys out. So, again, James Harrison didn't perfect, didn't invent. Um, he just, you know, happened to have two crushing hits on a day uh, that, you know, writers around the country called Black and Blue Sunday last October when 11 guys were knocked out cold on the same day. 
Um, James didn't do himself any favors after the game when he stood at his locker saying, I like to hurt my opponents. Hmm. Um, well, Paul, isn't that part of the point? First of all, Concrete Charlie will tell you that that, that was a clean hit. He wasn't mm-hmm. celebrating when he was standing over Frank Gifford there. But that's you, you bring up an interesting point is that is that Harrison feels that he's being singled out, but isn't he singling himself out with all of his comments, with all of his outlandish comments? Couldn't he better be better served to just be quiet about it? I don't think so, because getting him, being quiet didn't get him anywhere. Um, it didn't get him uh, a rebate on uh, the money deducted from his checks. Um, it didn't repair his image in the NFL. Um, you know, the damage was done. And James, who had never been called a dirty player in his life until the um, end of October, early November of last season, um, had every right, I think, um, to be exercised about the light in which he'd been cast. Now, everyone says, well, you know, James has a right to be angry, um, but he had no right to use this language. Well, you're probably right um, to the extent that, you know, nobody walks away clean after using the F word, especially describing the most powerful man in sports. But my guess is that at some level, James knew that if he didn't use this kind of language, we wouldn't be talking about this today. You know, James is a smart cookie. Um, one of the things the piece reports is that he is very quietly building a massive real estate empire in western uh, Virginia. Uh, in West Virginia, um, he's got plans in, you know, in other states. Um, this is a guy who has spent his football money very smartly um, and not extravagantly. So, you know, let's be clear that we're not talking about a street thug. James is raised by two very strict, loving parents, 14 kids in his family. Every one of them finished high school, um, went on to college and or a stable profession. So, so um, Paul, Paul, let me ask you real quick. Is, so yeah. are you saying that this is calculated? Are you think are, is is James Harrison is he is he acting like a let's say a professional wrestling heel is he doing does he not believe this does he really not feel this way about Commissioner Goodell and is this oh. just an act? Oh, I think he feels this way intensely. You know, James didn't call Goodell a crook once. He didn't call him a crook twice. Um, I hate to echo LeBron here. He's you know five, six, seven. <laughs> you know, um, and. Uh, but there is a showman in James. Um, you know, there's two things going on here. James um, is nursing a long and compl- complicated grudge in life about being taken lightly, about being overlooked. I mean, can you imagine before all of this uh, last fall, um, there being a less bannered, a less marketed defensive player of the year than James Harrison? I mean, half the people who like him don't know he won the defensive player of the year in 08. Um, so I think there's that. I think the fact that this dude didn't get drafted out of college, got cut four times before he finally stuck with the Steelers, um, was signed for a whopping $4,000 as a street free agent. Um, you know, I, I think it, it, it takes a toll. And, you know, has James been complicit in some of this? Did James come to camp uh, in 2002 and steadfastly refuse to read the playbook? Yeah. Did James tell uh, his position coaches exactly what um, uh, he thought of them? Uh, To the extent that James Farrier said to me, we thought this dude was straight crazy when he came to camp. We thought he had serious emotional issues. 
This, well, by the way, is his best friend talking. Do you suppose then, I mean, Harrison's already said, you know, that Roethlisberger at least has reported that Harrison sort of backed off of it and said my words were twisted. Do you think that Harrison regrets it on some level right now? And, uh, and uh, what about his comments that he said that you've already twisted his words? Well, James and I have talked several times. Um, in fact, we talked about an hour ago. Uh, everything's cool between us. So uh, I have told James um, that whatever he needs to do to get right with Ben um, is good by me. And, uh, you know, James has three years left on that very lucrative deal. I think he fully intends to see it out. Um, I'm not sure he intends to play another minute after those three years are up. But three years, he's got to share a sideline in a locker room with Big Ben. Um, that said, I can say with some authority um, – but there isn't a guy on that defense that's got a poster of Ben Roethlisberger on his bedroom wall. Well, I, you know, I, I absolutely believe that Harrison speaks for at least uh, a number of guys on that Steelers defense. They feel that same way that uh, Roethlisberger is prone to putting them in a tough spot. But do you anticipate then, I, you know, again, I say, do you think the commissioner might suspend him with this? Do you think the Steelers no, might consider I, I, parting ways seriously, with him? Seriously, it's, it's a fascinating legal question. James is not an employee of the National Football League at the moment. He's not an employee of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, to the extent that you can be locked out and fined or um, disciplined, um, I, think, I think there's some lawyers who'd be very interested in looking at that carefully. So I don't know what Goodell has. And, again, Goodell beat him over the head last fall with these fines. Um, so James went after him, really? Um, I, you know, obviously the F word was really unfortunate. And um, had he not said it on tape, I would have had a real moral quandary about whether to put it in the piece. Um, but James didn't say it um, as a homophobic slur. Mm-hmm. He said it um, as an angry kid in the schoolyard. And, you know, the day they outlaw juvenility. Um, then maybe you can really find this guy. But I, I don't know. You know, I mean, the guy was regressing. You know, he was behaving um, like someone a lot younger than he is. Uh, but he's mad. And people who are mad say things they don't fully mean um, or um, or understand in the moment of saying them. So. Well, it's interesting that, yeah, not uh, from a legal perspective, obviously he's entitled to say, what he wants, but I wonder, though, with the Steelers, when the lockout does end, you know, and, and obviously Harrison's not the only troublemaker over the last couple of years with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. The offseason has turned into an awful time to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. They, can, they yeah. can't seem to stay out of trouble, but, you know, Richard Mendenhall's comments. Mm-hmm. Now, Harrison's, do you suppose that the Steelers might, uh, might do something with Harrison? Do you anticipate that they'll uh, punish him in some ways, or I mean, uh, in Pittsburgh, people are talking about that they should just uh, cut bait with him. Do you think that that might happen? <laughs> because James is so easily replaced at right outside linebacker, <laughs> right? Right. Like every team that comes in uh, to Heinz Field uh, isn't game planning for him and him alone on that defense. You know, I mean, here's a guy who never comes off the field, who played the entire season, 2010 season, with two ruptured discs. Right? Couldn't push off his right leg. Uh, had no strength, very little explosion, had 10 sacks, and finished third um, in the Defensive Player of the Year voting. Um, 
you know, as I said, they want to cut bait with James. Uh, there's this portly fellow in New York. Uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Rex Ryan, who might be <laughs> able to find a place for him at right outside linebacker. Because, you know, uh, if the Giants had trouble getting the quarterback in the second half of the 2010 season, the Jets were, you know, uh, <laughs> they were playing in sand when it came to a pass rush. So, you know, um, James is going to land on his feet. And, um you know, Steelers, for whatever, um, you know, this ain't the first linebacker to talk like this. I seem to remember Joey Porter, um, you know, uh, having opinions on a, a broad range of subjects. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that this is the, one of the most cerebral and efficiently run organizations in all of sports. And I think at the end of the day, they'll handle this in-house, um, they'll squash this beef, um, and they'll proceed. Um, and if not, like I said, boy, could we use James Harrison here in New York. <laughs> well, I do Which like was all part of your plan. You <laughs> said, yeah, 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 just call me Dr. Evil. <laughs> well, they, you know, they, uh, I saw some story come out today where they called you an unabashed fan of Harrison. How do you feel about <laughs> it? Is that, is that a fair comment? I tell you what, I, I, I did say, I distinctly remember saying that every member of uh, the mainstream media should be out today erecting a statue to James Harrison, <laughs> because what the hell else did we have to talk about but the dullest lockout in the history of dull lockouts? <laughs> well, the other thing, I, I appreciate that you could forge some sort of uh, a friendship with this guy. He answered the door nude, right? Uh, he was wearing a towel, barely. Oh, a towel. I'm sorry. I take that back. I take he was wearing back. a towel, barely, and the scowl <laughs> that he uses to scare off snakes, bats, um, vultures, other creatures of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and one last question for you. So he says he wouldn't stop to urinate on a, uh, an on-fire commissioner. Who, who do you suppose he would stop to urinate on? <laughs> would, would he for Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> yeah, somebody asked me today um, if I could, you know, because I cut some so much great stuff out of this story. So much great stuff. Why? And, uh, Where is it? We, the internet we is endless. Hundred words, my friend. Yeah, that's like the longest story they've run all year. Start um, a blog. Listen, ranks out. You're in. You're the new co-host of the show. If you'll if you'll come in here and spill. Well, anyway, somebody, I think Dan Patrick asked me today um, to, to say one thing that Harrison had disclosed that didn't make the story, and I said, well. Uh, James absolutely killed me with laughter one day when I asked him what the guys talk about on the sidelines during a game. I mean, don't you wonder that stuff? Sure, of course. Uh, I, I can't tell you exactly what he said because it's vile, uh, <laughs> but it's hilarious, and I can reduce it to two words, prison sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. See, it, re it sounds like you really got to the heart of everything with uh, James Harrison. <laughs> Paul we Solitaro. solved the problems of the world. Yes, we did. Excellent, excellent uh, stuff, and uh, thanks for the time, Paul. And uh, I, I suppose congratulations, because uh, this is, uh, seems to be the breakout story of at least uh, the week in the NFL. Well, it's the slowest week of any sports year I can ever remember. It really is. This is the worst sports week on the calendar each right. and every year, and, uh, and uh, you filled it up for us. Uh, even though you may have done harm to, uh, to my beloved Steelers, we appreciate, <laughs> we appreciate the time. You're very welcome, guys. Take care now. Take Thanks, care. Paul. Bye. There he goes. I like them, Rank. One great interview. How'd I, I do, guys? So. How'd I do? Necktie, settle down. All right. Go. Don't, we did. don't sprain right. your wrist I, patting all, yourself on the back. I like this Solotaroff. He's you might great. be out. You might be out, Rank. Oh, my. Because I loved his voice.
It was yeah. a, a voice of authority. He sounded smart even, didn't he? He sounded a little like oh, Richard yeah. Nixon a little bit. Absolutely. I, didn't, I wanted to ask him if he thinks that Harrison or if he knows if Harrison's going to Ben Roethlisberger's wedding this week. Oh, you know, there's no way. Can you imagine logging in? He should crash. I I got you this. I got you this. It's a this motorcycle helmet. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think his objection (laughs) would be? I would go go down to the bar from Georgia and buy like a a matchbox from the bar Ben got in trouble with. And I got you this. I got you this toaster oven. That's uh, (laughs) a couple of coasters from the place. (laughs) That's not funny. That's not something to laugh about. Too soon. (laughs) It would be funny if James Harrison just shows up with a wrap the thing from the registry. This is. I got you that toaster oven you wanted there. <laughs> well, that's ben the Robinson. thing. This has got to be an act, though. I mean, I, we, we questioned Paul about that before. This has to be an act. I what mean, do you mean he, an act? You said before we even started talking to Paul that these guys are so media savvy. They should no, know I better. said they should be media savvy. Is, it's stunning though. that they're not. You didn't get the impression that this is I a, think that James Harrison, if you go back and you read that column, he actually has some lucid points about why headshots are more prominent than knee shots because of the short-term injury. You hurt somebody's knee, they're done. You know, they, they could be on the shelf forever, at least if there's any virtue in the headshots, which I'm not exactly saying there is. But it, the players themselves, I think, would rather get bonked on the head and deal with what might happen to them 20 or 30 years from now rather than knowing, oh, yeah, now my ACL is ripped and my, my season and next season and maybe my career are, are ended. I mean, he has some. He, he makes has, points. Like yeah, Paul says, you know, he, he, it's not as though he's a completely insane guy. But that's why I think it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. But it, but it is interesting. He's a guy who, he, when, you, when the WWF shows up in Pittsburgh, he's there in the front row. He's watching CM Punk, who's taking an anti-establishment thing that Stone Cold Steve Austin did back in the past, and he's doing the same thing. He's calling out the boss. He's using language that he knows will get him into the newspapers. This is all calculated. He's he's working on an image. I mean, he's embraced this kind of heel persona, and now it seems like an act to me. It well, seems a little. It's interesting because you watch guys like Ron Artest, and they start, and, and at some point they buy Dennis Rodman. They buy, and they're they're in the ballpark of the same guys because these these aren't people. Well, Ron Artest has been arrested a couple of times, but it, it, I'm not talking about their. Um, their, you know, felonious behavior, but it's more that that loose cannon kind of thing. And on some level, they maybe start to buy into it, that that's their reputation, but they consistently get into trouble. Milton Bradley's another guy like that. You know, Mm -hmm. they they can't seem to inspire. Pac-Man Jones is more a felonious. Those guys felonious version of that. They don't make good points, but James Harrison does. I think people think Ron Artest makes good points. They do. <laughs> Does he make good albums too? But in wow. the WWE, you know, the anti-establishment uh, down with the man, that's all that's all scripted, Adam. And and Vince McMahon isn't going to fine him for all those comments. It's part of the whole persona of, of but wrestling. He, but he realizes that that's something that will get his name into the newspaper. Like he said, you know, uh, like Paul was saying, there are so many things that James Harrison, you know, he, he works so hard to get to the position that he's in. He's feeling that he's not being rewarded for this stuff. He's obviously resentful of Roethlisberger when it was his interception in the Super Bowl that helped them beat the Cardinals. So he wants the recognition the way he can do it. He's, he can play the angry guy. He can take the heel. Everybody's talking about him. Men's Journal writes about him. That's what I, I agree with you. But there is no merit. There is no benefit personally for James Harrison 
to, to use the words that he used. And he's in an interview. He knows what's happening. He's, They're hot buttons. He's, it, it, you know, like Paul just said, he's, he's, he's not a completely, uh, you know, uh, out, uh, you know, out in outer space kind of guy. real estate thing going on. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not a complete boob, so he knows what's happening. And to use those words, like I say, are, are, there is no gain in that for him. And, and by the way, having just returned from the banks of the Three Rivers, I know people rea- overreact to these things, and I think three months from now things will settle down, especially if football's underway and we're watching the Steelers have a success. The, the Steel Curtain defense is, is doing well. I think things will have settled down and largely be forgiven. But um, people are talking in Pittsburgh about the fact that the Steelers should cut bait with him. I mean, this isn't the first incident. It does bring attention on them. But, but, but the psychology of it does become interesting now going into 2011. Goodell will have a decision. Does he fine him? I think you can get away with fining him because, he, you know, because of the, uh, the homophobic slur. I think there's some, you can make something out of that. Legally, like Paul brings up, he's not currently a, an NFL employee. Right. But I think that Goodell can get away with fining him because, for, for that rather than for the personal attack against Goodell. But I wonder, is Harrison, you, know, you might be on to something, Rank. Maybe you and Harrison uh, ain't so foolish after all. Because now I'm thinking about it. There, there is something to that. Now that you've really, really blown this thing up, Goodell is going to have to think long and hard before he finds Harrison for uh, uh, a, a late hit or an overly aggressive hit. Because right. now it, it's, it's proving Harrison's like, oh, point. he's picking on him. Right. It, it will be interesting. The crosshairs are now off of Harrison, and they're now on Goodell. In a way, but I, 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 don't, but I think that the, the immediate reaction among Steeler fans is, this is just going to make things worse. Now this is going to be even worse for the Steelers team. And a lot of people are calling up, get rid of him, get rid of Heinz Ward. And like I say, it's an overreaction. But one thing's for sure, the moral high ground is now gone. We used to be able to sit up on Mount Pius in, in, in Pittsburgh fans used to and laugh at the Bengals and the Ravens and the Cowboys. Those days are now long gone, tarnished. The, you still can as long as you win. No, no, that's not the point at all. I mean, all. like you can. I mean, Joey Porter was doing this stuff, you know. And I as guess. Long, and as long as you're winning, and as long as you're productive, hey, you know, what, do what you want. You want to punch some guy in the face at the Palms? Go ahead. Well, but the minute that you're not as effective as you once were, so yeah, enjoy. Speaking Arizona. of that, speaking of that, that actually brings up an interesting thing that uh, rank you and I on NFL.com wrote about um, for Friday on the dot-com, the instant debate where the, the, all the so-called experts, which somehow you and I <laughs> are, are included on, um, the question is, will anybody take a chance on Terrell Pryor, any NFL team? I laugh at this. Listen, ne'er-do-wells will always find a home somewhere. I like right. when mm-hmm. Mike Vick, you know, he's, he's getting out of prison. Is anyone? I don't know. <laughs> you hear a lot of the experts. I, I don't think anyone will touch him with a 10-foot pole. Teams line up. Plexico Plexico Burris. Yeah. Plexico Burris is now actually releasing his list of teams he's considering. Man, <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're my top three. Yeah, no, I go I there. Go there. Yeah. Teams line up. All that makes a difference is if you can play. People always go and sign T.O. People always do this. Jamarcus Russell is not out of the NFL because mm-hmm. he liked cough syrup. It's because no. he stunk. That, yeah, that's, he's that's the only thing that matters. What do you think about Terrell Pryor? Somebody's going to – I mean, I find it loco. Yeah. 
when people – but you Nobody. hear the personnel guys currently saying, I, I don't think I would take a gamble on him. A gamble. You wouldn't take a third-round pick? You wouldn't You wouldn't burn your third-round pick, pick in a supplemental yeah. draft to say uh, – to, to take a look right. at this guy with those – listen, he's obviously flawed. Forget the off-the-field stuff that he ruined one that of the proud no, organizations. No, yeah, programs no, in, in, no in football. Forget about that. Right. His throwing motion is disconcerting. Right. Yeah, he doesn't look – you know, it seems like it took him a long time to get up to speed. Uh, in college, reading those defenses, he's going to be out of his depth, obviously, for a while in the NFL. But, of course, somebody should take him. I, 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 I would happily embrace uh, my team bringing him in, like I say, with a third or a fourth-round pick, right? Well, it depends on what the scouts say. I mean, if you get a scout that says, oh, he's this six guy six. Has- he's got wheels. He's he can throw it. He's it's not like he's got a uh, a spaghetti arm. He's just got an awkward throwing motion. Tim Tebow, obviously not comparable with the off the field stuff, but Tim Tebow has one of the most. Uh, Ter- Terrell Pryor has Wait, a far well, better throwing motion than no. Tim Tebow. Tim uh, Tebow was a better college. The Dolphins him. last year drafted Pat White in the second round, almost solely to be a wildcat quarterback. You're telling me that Terrell Pryor for a fourth or a fifth-round pick couldn't be at minimum a That's wildcat it quarterback? I mean, it comes down I mean, what's a fifth-round pick rated. worth? You know how many bad quarterbacks are in the league right now? You're telling me that a fifth-round pick that has no uh, risk to it might pan out? I think a lot of teams might be looking at him more so than actually. I can't imagine why you wouldn't stash him. You know, let him play. You know, let him be in a in your system for a couple of years, and if he doesn't pan out, then. He's not, gonna, he's not starting right away. He'll be behind some guy, second, third string, learning. The, the premium placed on this uh, on this uh, undetermined third or fourth round pick. Oh, I can't. We can't waste it on Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor is uh, obviously is as talented as anybody, right? But it's got to be a team with an established quarterback, right? I suppose. You no, know, you obviously wouldn't try like to. You the, wouldn't, the Vikings did. would would mm-hmm. not do well to well, the, to bring him in and say he's he's our opening day starter this year. But if the Patriots used a third round pick on Ryan Mallett, you would say that Mallett and Pryor are on the same level. Um, I, that's an interesting comparison. I, Mallet, I think Mallett's way better. Yeah, so he's fifth round, sixth round. Somebody will take him, and it has nothing. But the, the bigger point is it has nothing to do with his off-the-field stuff. Well, but look at it this way. I hear what you're saying about Ryan Mallett, but it, it, it's a valid point, but they both have questions about their off-the-field stuff. But let's say that Terrell Pryor, none of this ever came to but light. He, a, he goes, he, you know, he makes it through next season. He has a fine season, whatever. They go, well, let's say they win 10 games. You know, he's, he's been the MVP of, of two bowl games. I think he he cuts. I think he is a better version of Vince Young to me. And and Vince Young, really, wow, sure. You don't you don't imagine that Terrell Pryor would have done in this coming season what Vince Young. I'm not saying they would have gone undefeated because a lot goes in, a lot more goes into it than that. But Terrell Pryor was the what was he the third overall pick when he came out? Well, that's my point. Do you imagine that Tim Tebow was a first round draft pick? You don't think that if Terrell Pryor made it through without injury, they win ten games again. He runs all over the field. He has some some nice moments. He's in the Heisman running. You don't think he would have been a first round draft pick? Uh, Of course he would have been. You're you're loco if you don't. No, no, no. That's rewriting history to think (laughs) that you don't think uh, this is a great NFL. It's possible. No, I'll give it to you that's possible. <laughs> it's possible. It's what it is. He, no. he throws the ball exactly like Vince Young. Exactly like? No. Their throwing motions are very similar. Now, he, Vince Young throws it like Uncle Rico from that <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite movie. <laughs> you can throw it over that mountain over there. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So listen, we we had the big interview, necktie. That uh -huh. was a great work out of you. Thank we, you. We we didn't get this. To... Is was this the highlight of your week? Uh, last it... couple of weeks, I gotta say, over the last couple of weeks, was this the biggest thing that you did? Well, to see the smile on your face knowing that we got a guest, that was my highlight. <laughs> my highlight was frolicking in the sea. I was in Stone Harbor, New Jersey at the sea in a house, 20 family members, all of us in one stinking house. Can you imagine? How many did you know? I mean, how many? Well, I, I know their I, I facial recognition right. is there for me. I didn't talk to more than like three of them. You know? um, but no, to, to Adam's question, the overseas journey I had, I think, was my, my highlight of, of London and Paris. That was, that was my highlight, Adam. Well, more so than I know. the guess. stop on Dave's story now to go back to yeah. that? No, Wait, no. go back to Sorry, me. it wasn't an Angels All-Star Game story. Listen, all right, Necktie, you wanted to make a big announcement. A drum roll, if you please. No, it's not. Now you're, now you're, necktie, now you're blowing it out of proportion. Make your announcement go. <laughs> well, it ties into the the uh, Adam's point of uh, spending 4th of July overseas, and am I Canadian? You know, on Canada Day, as a matter of fact, I got engaged in London. Oh, look that was at it. you. That was it. What's was his it. name? <laughs> Steve. Zing. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, thanks for building that one up. Muzzle tub to no, you, thank necktie. You. That's Congratulations. Great. Roethlisberger this so weekend, you can... necktie sometime soon. You, and you couldn't do this in America? Uh, no. Where's the ceremony going to be? Tiananmen Square? It was to spite Adam. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that funny when you used it yesterday on me, but... Hey, answer me this, Necktie. Who's yep. the best man, me or Rank? Henry. How dare... Well, that makes sense. Handsome, Handsome Hank. Hank. He's got to have a foreigner. Yeah. Well, I, I understand. Those, those, those <laughs> pictures are going to be yeah. on your wall for a lifetime, and Handsome Hank standing yeah. next to you. He's, nice. got those, he's got those eyes. Um, well, muzzle tub. That's great news. I... Um, yeah, no, I was at the sea getting bronzy, frolicking mm -hmm. in the sea. You are bronze. I'm not used to this. Yeah, it's nice, though. I look good with a, with a, with a little color on me. Yeah. Now, what's really nice is when the bronze age, when I, when I can get into the gymnasium and, and, and uh, make with the weights and the muscles, and make, get, the muscle, get the iron age going. When the right. bronze age and the iron age converge, <laughs> look out, ladies. Um, but what we didn't do, Rank, is we didn't go over the number 10. This is episode oh, number how 10. Do we, do we like to talk about what player wore it best in NFL and, and uh, sports history. I'm going to go, I mean, Fran Tarkenton is hard to believe. Isn't, doesn't 10 seem like that's a number there that should be a lot of NFL legends? But no. Great quarterbacks. Fran Tarkenton, mm -hmm. Eli Manning, no. Steve Bartkowski. Yes. Jim Zorn. Well, Fran Tarkenton yeah. is the best of that. Well, guy. yeah, of course. Jim Zorn. Apparently on your list, Vince Young should be on that list. Well, why would you say that? Vince was, Young is another guy. Oh, no one's going to touch him with a 10-foot. He was, he was oh, yeah, pumping him up a little while ago. I'm just saying. I, no, no, no. I, I favorably compared Terrell, Terrell Pryor. Pryor to him. Favorably. And, listen. What about I'll, other sports? Well, also, let's not, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Santonio Holmes. Oh, jeez. Mm. Yeah. You would Super be Bowl, remiss. The Super Bowl MVP, after all. Mm -hmm. um, number 10. How, how, does that, how do you feel about that? Because the writers will rubber stamp any Manning in the Super Bowl you're the MVP no matter what you do. I'm not even going to look at the stats. I'm surprised that Peyton Manning didn't win the MVP even when the Colts lost. How do you feel that Roethlisberger did not get the Super Bowl MVP for orchestrating that drive? 
Well, San Antonio made a couple of, uh, uh, you know, big ga- game-breaking plays in that final drive. You'll remember that uh, he turned a, uh, a little in into the play of the drive. You know, and I, actually he caught the, play, caught, caught the ball when they were, what were they, second and 23, second and right. 24. He made a big catch that put him into a short yardage situation. So I can sign off on that. I'm fine either way with it, you know. Um, but overall, Phil Rizzuto, that's the greatest number 10 in baseball history. That's hard Man, to believe. That's weird. The best of them all, Guy Lafleur, the flower. Really? That's it. That's the best number 10 that's in That's the best number sure 10? Name one better. Edson Arantes de Nascimento. I don't know what that even means. You don't know who that is? No. Am I not saying it right? Edson, what's? Play. Pele. <laughs> that's Pelay? Yeah. Wow. Adam's worldly. Pele, yeah, you're right. I, I, what about Pele? Pele is better. I don't know anything about uh, about the football, but uh, the football. But by the way, did you watch any of the girls play in soccer? Oh, I love it. There's something I don't love it, but I'll say this. You don't? I mean, like it's fine. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. In the, I, I used to always say about uh, about women's sports that there's something weird going on there. That the greatest moment in the gender's history on the fields of play was was Billie Jean King the best player by far and away among women beating a geriatric loudmouth in, in Bobby Riggs? <laughs> That's the greatest moment in, in women's sports Lisa, history? Lisa Leslie's dunk? Well, no, I think it's since been replaced. Brandy Chastain's goal? I think, uh, I think uh, car driver um, Danica, Patrick. Da- Danica Patrick winning a race. That tr- should have trumped that. And, mm. and But I think this. I think this is the biggest moment now in, in female sports history. And there's something about it. I don't know what it is. There's something about the nature of the sport that if, if you blurred your eyes, you wouldn't be able to tell if it's men or women. They can, the, the, the women can really boot that thing. They can really yeah, they're pretty good. hammer it and make it bend and all that jazz. But uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. When I, don't know, I don't pretend to be an aficionado of the football. I'll actually watch but the final. Watch the World I, Cup. I, I know this much. I, I am going to watch the final. Yeah, I might catch the highlights on SportsCenter. What's wrong with you, It's America, Rank. It's America. You're so apathetic about everything today. These are exciting times. No, I love it. Hope Hope Solo. What a great name. Yeah. Um, All right, so what else do we have to cover quickly here before we wrap things up? Necktie, I Mm -hmm. strongly encourage you to include me in the, uh, at least in the wedding party, because I'm no handsome Hank, but I am easy on the eyes, especially. You got to get bronzed. I'll bronze up for you, and I'll begin the Iron Age. What do you think a a necktie bachelor party is going to be like? Wow. Like, is it going to be, like, is it, I mean, obviously it won't be in America, so it's going to be some foreign port of call. And did I, did I like, kick happen? your dog yesterday no, or something? I don't know. Man. Just say it. You're the one. You're the one. Fire up, you're the one who turned its back on America, like Tom Cruise and Born on the Fourth of July. Some, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't know. Probably some white Zinfandels, and, <laughs> and maybe we'll go see a movie. <laughs> Get in early, you know. Turn turn in nice and early, you know, kind of thing. Because because uh, it will be like, what? We're going home. It's it's five p.m. in the afternoon. <laughs> yes, but it's midnight in England. You know. <laughs> Um, so, and Rank, one thing that we were talking about uh, last week that we brought up, and we encouraged you to send in your thoughts on this, you know, the people who are kind enough to, to check out uh, my work over the years are known as the Sheck Republic, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, you can follow me at Twitter, at Damashek, and you can follow Rank at uh, Adam Rank. And I asked for people to send in their ideas. We need to come up with Rank's you know, minuscule fan base. We, we need to figure out what Growing. those people should call. Growing. And our pal Mike Dell from LCSHockey.com suggested rank and file. Which Actually, is that strong. was uh, Mick Rodden. 
Oh, Mick Rod. He came up with it. Dell brought it to my attention. I see. So Mick deserves. All right. So did, what, uh, what else did people send in here? We got some. Uh, our, our friend Handsome Hank said a bunch of rankers, which I think is good for our UK fan base, which Milner is a part of. I was trying to spread the word. Uh, thank you. No, 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 no. I appreciate it. Get uh, that UK and Paris. Joel Muller. Joel Mueller. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, Joel, but he, he came up with Rankenstein's Monsters. All right. Mm-hmm. Cute. Uh, Martin. Jeez, these last Too clunky. Things. We can't do that. We can't Long. do that. The Rank Outsiders. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's not bad. What about Ranks Amateurs? I've heard that ranks one. Rank Amateurs. amateurs. Mm. You know, uh, our friend... I saw that one on the Twitter. Some, I, a couple of people said that one over. Rank yep. Amateurs. I like that. Dan of Thunder, our friend, in Thunderlips came up with uh, Ranko's Italian Army. Wow, nice. That's a regional nice. reference. You know that? That's, That's good. I'm not taking it. Franco's Italian Army. I'm surprised we haven't gotten something associated with Dieter Brock. Oh, very good. Well, now at least this podcast includes there it is. Uh, a reference to Dieter Brock. There it is. I think we've gone only two episodes without some mention. One. It's well, only the top one. one. Well, the top 100 ones didn't count. No, yeah. So we, so Those don't count. All right. Well, listen, that's a nice list that we have to work on. Is Maddie, there one? R and B for Rankin Brock. R and B. R and B. Maybe it's got to be. I'm it's working on the fan base. I'm working on it. Go back to Maddie Swagger had rank troopers. Rank troopers. He's kind of playing off the Star Wars theme to the Rank Al Alliance. He sent back to. All right. I like it. I like that he's. Trying. Here's what we'll do. Necktie. Be a deer. Yes. Oh, we have more. We have rank more. Rankophones. Rankophones. Yeah, that I like that. Garrett. Garrett Colton. That's very good. All right, listen, here's what we'll do, and I uh-huh. suggested, I, I, I said last week, I'll say again, if we're being literal, it should be uh, some guy in Cleveland with bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, uh, so, oh. so next like time, you'll put that, that up, you'll put it up as a poll for us? Uh, what should we'll, the we'll rank We'll figure those out. You'll, when you look be. up, when you go to NFL.com, yes, yep. what, should, uh, what should ranks? Uh, so we've got the final candidates? You feel comfortable with the final candidates? Yeah. Do you have okay. one that you like? Uh, because really, rank, you have to own it. So if there's one you want to lead the audience into. Right. Rank and file? Rank and file, I think, is the leader in the clubhouse right now. Rank amateurs? Rank amateurs. Is we'll put it to the poll. We'll put it okay, to yeah, the poll. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't want to push you. I don't want to steer you in any direction. Sure. Um, Man, we didn't even get to talk about Roger Clemens. I wanted to, let me just say this very quickly, and then we'll wrap mm-hmm. up Necktie. I just want to say about because you know uh, Clemens now mistrial, all this sort of thing. And I, I listen. What does that even mean? The judicial system needs needs a victory right now with the the latest ridiculous. I think they I think got they beat Barry Bonds. Are right, but I right, but I think our I think our judicial system now people have questions about it with yet another crazy ruling by another jury with Casey Anthony last week and everything. I think they'd like a nice victory here. And when a highly, when, when, when a prominent guy like Roger Clemens Pete. perjures himself or what they think, if they believe he perjured himself, then they have to go for the victory. So this moral thing about like, they have better things to worry about than taking down this ball player. I think they have yeah. to do that. But keep in mind, when people say they need the asterisk, the, the, the other issue is this asterisking steroid guys from baseball. You know, all that. Listen, they're already tarnished. That's it. They're ruined now. Yeah. Barry Bonds, a hundred years from now. Forget about Nick. A hundred years from now, when you mention him, just like when you talk about the Black Sox, you don't talk about how great Shoeless Joe is. You always bring up the 1919 World Series. Same thing. There's a thing about like, oh, the Hall of Fame, and all oh, those guys can't go in. 
Put them in. There's no yeah. way. You're, they're, they're inextricably linked now. Roger Clemens forever is going to be is going to have the stink of steroids on David him. David so Ortiz. If that makes guys. you feel happy, if you're up on Mount Pius and you want to condemn these guys for, for juicing during their career and for the records they broke, just then rest easy with that thought, that these guys are already doomed. The A-Rod and everyone else, they, are all, they all have the stink on them. And the other thing is for the kids out there, Remember what Jason Giambi did. As soon as Giambi got busted, he held a press conference and said, I'm, a, I'm sorry for what I did. That was a mistake. You never hear about Giambi nope. again. You try to lie about it yeah, and, 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 and further your lies, you get in more trouble. Let the kids be aware out there. What a great lesson. It is, it is nice. Admit it and then. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying. Bring in all that money. That's a great idea. That wasn't exactly. But here's what, here's what we do with Clemens. We get a room at the Palace Station in Las Vegas. We tell him we have some of his memorabilia. <laughs> yes. Give him a handgun. Oh. Let him go. I, you know, it's funny you bring up. It's funny you bring him up because I was thinking about when when we were just talking about Pryor. I was thinking, you know, when people go like, who would ever sign him? Now? Who would ever sign Mike Vick? Who would ever sign Plaxico Burris? If if OJ were a free man and 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 could run like he did yeah. when he was 24. If he would have done line that, up the Bills would sign him again. again. Bills would sign him back. If he would have done what he did after the 2003 yard season, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. He would have uh, probation. Yeah, they would have signed. Oh, he got off anyways. Uh, I don't know. Him. I don't know if the Bills are going to bring him back. Then they bring <laughs> they him back like by October. Like, well, he did go for 178 uh, today against. Uh, it's all against the forgiven. Jets defense. All right, that's all right. Yeah, good for you, OJ. I, how you spend your off season is your business. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen. Muzzle tub again. The necktie Milner. Um, and also to uh, to rank, listen, coming in the top three in the, in the hot dog eating contest is nothing to be ashamed of. You'll Good get him feet. next year. Thank Good you. Feet. Go get that guy. And uh, all right, we'll be back for more <clears throat> hooey and applesauce. Wait, we've got to start doing two podcasts now that the Hall of Fame, now that the uh, top 100 stuff. Let's work. We'll out. talk to 280 about it. Okay, 280 yeah. West out in New York. We'll, we'll get the, the clearance for that. All right, more. Uh, hopefully, by the next time we speak. We'll be talking about real football. Let's hope it happens. One way or the other, we'll be back for more Huey and Applesauce next time. Don't forget to vote in the poll. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.